Thursday, August 5th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, first time in a while, Mr. Ron Gross. Thanks for being oh, here. Always a pleasure, Chris. I'm sorry it's been a while. Things, <laughs> things get busy here and there, You're but busy. I'm always happy to be here. You're busy. You're like, uh, unlike me, you're, you actually have like people you manage. You have a team you manage. So, And it is my pleasure to do so. <laughs> That is the right thing to say out <laughs> loud you. into a microphone. Uh, earnings season rolls on. We've got stocks for your home, for travel. We're going to start with retail. Etsy's second quarter profits and revenue came in higher than expected. Revenue growth year over year was 23%, which <coughs> seems pretty good. And yet, it really wasn't good enough for Wall Street because shares <laughs> of Etsy are down 6%. Is anything really ever good enough for Wall Street? Sometimes, I guess. Every um, now and then it is. I, this, is uh, this is one where I think, uh, before I even l- let you weigh in on what you thought <laughs> of the quarter, I mean, yeah. I think it's important to get a, a grip on the guidance that they gave, because I haven't looked closely enough to wonder whether or not the guidance they gave for the rest of the year merits this type of drop today. Okay, we can skip to the end. I like to save guidance for last, but I'm gonna gonna uh, gonna help you out here and talk guidance. So, one sentence from the transcript that that management noted was that comps get tougher as they progress through 2021. So there's a signal to investors that things are gonna and be anniversarying very exciting quarters from last year, and things are gonna get tougher. And that's especially considering that. The absence of masks, which was a huge driver of, of Etsy revenue um, last year, and the absence of stimulus checks, you know, these are all things that are kind of banging up against um, demand. And when you compare it to the really strong numbers of last year, it gets everybody a little bit worried. I, I, I find it interesting because you, sh- you should realize, obviously, if you're looking at a, an online retailer, that there's anniversarying of pandemic results that are are going to happen, and as long as there's no impairment of the business and things look on track, then you really shouldn't be that concerned. In fact, you know when you think about someone like like Etsy, they they got to pull forward 38 million new buyers in 2020, right? And so the fact that active buying growth is slowing now, which is what Wall Street is also focused on. Is that's bothering people? It shouldn't bother you because they got to get the 38 million people in a year earlier than they would have. So money earlier is always better than money later. That's a that's a phrase I like to live by. So <laughs> as long as the pull forward doesn't impact your business later on, there's nothing wrong with it happening earlier. Um, so that's a lot of folks, um, investors, focusing on that on the guidance and the fact that active buying growth is slowing, but. Um, I think things look pretty good here. Um, For the quarter, uh, consolidated gross merchandise sales, GMS for short, up 13%. That's fine in this environment. If you remove the impact of masks, the Etsy standalone business grew 31% year over year. Again, strong results. On a two-year basis, that's 153% growth if you remove masks. So things are, are fine here. Revenue up 23%. Uh, they did add 8 million new buyers. Again, that's less than people would like to see because they're used to seeing that huge growth from last year. I think that's unrealistic to ex- to expect that. 
uh, active buying uh, on a trailing 12-month basis was up 22%. So merchandise sales per active buyer up 22%. That's actually a nice offset to the fact that active buyer growth is slowing. Uh, and you saw net income tick up a bit uh, to, to about 2%. They're, they're, they're making a lot of moves. They're improving the buying experience. They're improving customer service. They made uh, two acquisitions that just closed, one in kind of the resale space, vintage space, one um, which ELO7, which is kind of known as the Etsy of Brazil, so expanding um, internationally as well. Uh, I, I don't think the stock should be really taking a hit on this. I don't see anything that's troubling. I, I just hope nobody's surprised. I mean, yeah. just don't tell me any investor is surprised for Etsy or any, as you indicated, any online retailer that they're coming up on tough comps. Like, right. if, if you if you don't already know that, then you're clearly not paying attention. And for better or for worse, the, the whole thing of um, masks and people buying masks off of Etsy, uh, I don't know if you've looked at the headlines recently, but uh, mask sales <laughs> might be ticking back oh, up God, over the next six it's months. so, so true. Yes, exactly. Have you ever personally bought anything on Etsy? Not masks, but sure, I've bought stuff off, off of Etsy a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's... Um, yeah, it's a it's a great experience, and it's it's stuff you can't really find anywhere else. So I mean, I think that's that's part of what's compelling about this business. If you're looking for something that you can't readily find somewhere else, is Etsy your first shot, or is eBay your first shot? I will go to Etsy before I go to eBay. Okay. Um, but I will probably go to Target.com before I go to either of the, depending <laughs> yeah. on what the item is. Uh-huh. Um, just because I think, and I've said this before. I think Target really did an amazing job over the last year and a half of investing in their digital platform and just making it so much more seamless uh, with their stores. Yeah, great. Mark Tritton getting it done and then leaving. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Booking Holdings' loss in the second quarter was wider than expected, but revenue looked good. Demand for travel is on the rise, and shares of booking up 7% as well today. Yeah, and again, it's this is like the other side of, of the Etsy coin. Like, should, it's, Nobody should really be surprised that there was pent-up demand for travel, and it's, it's coming back now. Um, and that's showing up in the numbers. Quarterly revenue more than tripled, uh, easily beating expectations. Second quarter gross travel bookings up 852%. The number of room night reservations grew 458% year over year and 59% sequentially from the first quarter. All really strong numbers. It's it's mostly because of strong demand in Europe and then the US, as again, people start traveling and vacationing. Asia, where vaccinations were lowest and cases were highest, was the least recovered region. So I think once that rebounds, you'll start to see even stronger numbers. Um, overall, this was the first positive year-over-year growth since before the start of the pandemic. Again, not surprising. Um, interestingly, demand for accommodations in homes versus hotels is increasing as people are still kind of looking to stay away from the crowds and getting that more of an Airbnb type experience, if you will. Um, Company still lost money, but it, it's narrowing. About $100 million was their adjusted net loss. I think Delta, as you mentioned earlier, the Delta variant, that's a wild card here for the next several months, at least, I think. If people start to go back down a little bit into lockdown mode, 
lockdown might be too big a, a word there, but I know I'm back to wearing my masks in places I, I wasn't. I'm more hesitant to go into restaurants. I'm more hesitant maybe to travel. Um, it will be interesting to see if I'm indicative of, of the rest of the rest of um, the bookings uh, customer base. When you think about guidance that we get from companies, um, where does booking holdings fall in the travel space for you? Because uh, obviously we get, we as investors get a lot of information, it seems like from the airlines in terms of the individual airlines, them as a category, in terms of flights, in terms of TSA check-ins, all that sort of things. Um, it would seem on the surface like booking holdings gives you not only insight into air travel, but uh, you know, lodging, as you indicated, as well as car rentals. For sure, it would if if they were forthcoming with a lot of granularity um, and a lot of you know good guidance. I, I'm not seeing that from from a lot of companies right now, including booking. Um, but sure, when you when you book a vacation two months from now or airfare two months from now, it's it's a good you know indicator, leading indicator of what things may look in the next quarter or the next two quarters. And anything we can glean from these companies where you kind of buy now and use later can can kind of inform us as to the, how the rest of the year will look. I have more questions on travel, but it, it, <laughs> then it would turn into an episode of Industry Focus. And, and uh, Wait, I have a similar question to my Etsy question. Have you ever... Are you a person that books travel or hotels through these booking Expedia type websites, um, or do you go directly to the hotel? I have no brand loyalty when it comes to travel. I am not a member of you know Bonvoy or whatever Marriott <laughs> yeah, is calling yeah, their rewards program. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I I am very single focused on, I have this trip, I will look at different airlines, I will look at different websites, including individual hotel websites, I'll, I'll use Expedia, anything. I, none of them have won me over in the way that other businesses in other categories have won me over. Okay. You? Yeah, well, I think you're, you're probably more normal than me. I tend to go directly to Marriott, for example, because I am part of the Bonvoy program, and I, you know, you get the points and you, the rewards, and you're trying to work the system and get the best deal you can. Um, so I do have some loyalty there, and obviously, companies like Marriott hope more and more people do. Um, I typically do not go. Like I'll go to Kayak and check air prices and, and things like that, but I typically won't use um, a Bookings or an Expedia. Um, but I think I'm in the minority there. And I'll never use Trivago because that guy in the commercials is just way too annoying. I haven't seen that guy lately. <laughs> Maybe word got through. Wayfair second quarter profits were much higher than expected. Uh, shares of Wayfair up more than eight percent this morning. Um, this is you know you take these together and it's a little confusing because on the one hand we've got people leaving their homes, travel demand is up, but you look at Wayfair and it's like clearly people are buying stuff for their homes as well. Yeah. I mean, a great two-year run helped, obviously, by the pandemic. Nothing special happened this year at all until today. Um, these numbers clearly beat expectations. The results were not great when compared to pandemic-level numbers. But again, we should know that. We should be expecting that. I don't think Wayfair can be blamed for that. I don't see any material weakness in the business. Um, 
these numbers look fine, um, especially when you realize you're comparing it to numbers that were um, outsized uh, for, for a particular reason. Um, so when you see revenue down about 10%, um, that's compared to the last year's t- at the same time. That That's not a surprise to me. If you, uh, if you look at those revenue numbers, they are above pre-pandemic run rates. But since we're anniversarying the really strong growth from 2020, when everyone was focusing on their homes, the numbers are hard, are hard to beat. But they do look nice when you compare them to pre-pandemic levels. U.S. revenue down 15%, the one pocket of strength. International revenue, not as big a piece of, of the pie here, but it was up 16%. So um, there's a little bit of, of strength there. Number of active customers reached 31 million, an increase of almost 20% year over year. That's, that's a good indication to me. Repeat customers play 75% of total orders that's compared to 67% again a positive metric and finally net revenue per active customer increased by almost 9%. So some some solid metrics that indicate the business is fine. You saw gross margins fall a bit about 1.5% percentage points, but if you go back 2 years to pre-pandemic levels, those gross margins are up significantly. Again, I don't think they can be blamed for the situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, adjusted earnings were down 25%. Again, not surprising to me, not troubling to me. I think the Wayfair story remains intact. Do they break much out in terms of, I'm, I, it seems like every quarter we talk about Wayfair, I'm reminded of the fact that they've got these other brands under their umbrella. Um, and and maybe at some point they go the route of, you know, like we saw with Tapestry where they just say, ah, we're more than just Wayfair. And they come up with some convoluted name for, that's an umbrella for all of them. But it just, uh, it seems like, you know, no disrespect to, you know, Perigold, Joss and Main, Birchlane. It really seems like Wayfair.com is the driver of this business. I think for sure that's the case. They do give us some color, especially more so on the call than in a press release on some of the other brands and, and where they see pockets of strength and where they're focusing and where they want to expand to. But but I think I think for the most part, you're, you're completely correct about the business and you're also um, correct in... in with respect to their communication about the business. They're not going to spend that much time talking about the things that kind of roll up into the, into the bigger business. Ever buy anything off Wayfair? I bought, well, because of the pandemic, I bought um, two uh, stand-up heaters, kind of like the umbrella-looking type yeah. heaters. Um, uh, before, there was a rush on them, and it was impossible to get. Um, so uh, we were able to see some friends outside during the, the, the winter months. Uh, interestingly, they've rusted over, and all of the screws have fallen out. And I had uh, 1-800-JUNK come and haul them away. <laughs> so there you go. You? So I guess, I guess Wayfair didn't sell covers to protect no, these devices. No, no, they from have covers. The one would have to use the cover one purchases for ah. in order to protect against the elements. They sat in my garage, unfortunately. User <laughs> error, sounds yes. like. I should not be blaming Wayfair. Ron Gross, great talking to you. Thanks for being you here. You too, Chris. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.